know your product, know its advantages, know why your product is good or better than the competition. Make sure you, you know, study the market. Uh, never burn a bridge. You're listening to Solder and Soot, a Narsa Idea podcast. I'm Bobby Duran, chairman of Narsa Idea. I'm Mark Taylor, executive director of Narsa and Idea. I think our listeners will enjoy our interview with Pat O'Connor, vice president of sales at Johnson Manufacturing. Pat has had a long career in the cooling systems industry. Yeah, I, I think um, Pat is one of these people that when you talk about a gentleman uh, of the industry, uh, he's one of the first names that come, comes to my mind. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to get to know more about his career in the early part of his career, which candidly is, is, is before my time. Um, but, uh, but I'm looking forward to learning, uh, to learning of what makes a successful career in, in, in this industry. Yeah. I think Pat and I both got started in the cooling system industry around the same time in, in about 80, 81. Uh, but we'll find out for sure from, from Pat today, uh, Pat will be inducted into the NARSA uh, cooling system hall of fame in Rochester, New York in the spring of 2023. Uh, so without further ado. Hi, Pat. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Bobby. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Pat, you've had a long career in the industry. For those that don't know you or don't know your background, can you describe how you first got involved in the radiator industry and your career path up into this point? Sure. Uh... Well, starting out, I was uh, in accounting at uh, General Motors Chevrolet in Buffalo, New York, and worked inside for five years. Couldn't stand being inside, wanted to be outside. Uh, I applied for and got a job uh, as a district sales manager for a Sun Oil company. Worked for about two years. Uh, didn't like uh, that part of the business. Look, looked better on the other side. So I actually became a Sun Oil Company dealer, and I was doing that for about 15 years. And what, what, year, what years are we talking about? 67 to like 1980. Okay, wow. 1980, we had a gasoline supply problem in the country. We had cars lined up to buy gas and so forth. As, as a guy that was retailing gasoline, uh, bode well for me. Uh, then Sun Oil Company decided to leave the Buffalo market. So uh, I was not able to continue with that. I looked for and applied for a, a job with uh, uh, TRW Parts Replacement Division. They were a major player in auto parts. Uh, got that job and uh, I was uh, doing that for uh, uh, a few years. Uh, then uh, Actually, you guys all know Gary Moose, who was the owner of uh, Fedco. Gary worked for TRW at the time. That was our first connection. Um, I left uh, that job with TRW when guy by uh, from Fetters. Remember Fetters? Yeah. Fetters makes home. Fetters was the predecessor to Fedco, right? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And their primary business was is air conditioning and so forth. They had one radiator plant in Buffalo, and they made radiators for Chrysler. Well, 
The guy's name was Floyd Zeffel. You probably know him from the industry years ago. He was a principal in ARS uh, after a while. Uh, but anyway, I was invited to uh, apply for a job for this Midwestern sales manager for Fetters. So I applied for that and I got it. Uh, and the main reason was I was like 42 years old, TRW, they were uh, all working on the college guys and promoting younger guys. Uh, I didn't see any place to go. It was a great job, but no future. So uh, Fetters hired me and I worked for them for a year. Uh, unfortunately, they had a very terrible product. <laughs> Fetters, Fetters radiators were not any good. They, even the paint would never dry on them. And they were building radiators for Chrysler? Yes. Yep. They OEM. were, uh, and the radiators weren't any good. <laughs> they were OEM, OEM, and then they decided to go in the aftermarket, and that's where they got into trouble. Uh, so, uh, so was it was there OE business like decent? I don't, like, I, did they build a decent OE? I product? really don't know. Uh, I I was hired for the aftermarket, and. Uh, so I did a lot of traveling. I'd be gone, you know, three weeks out of the months. Uh, go out on Monday, come back on Friday, that kind of thing. Uh, Bob Duque was one of my customers in Detroit. And uh, after I uh, got that job and knew that they had lousy product, and I won't represent something that's no good. So uh, I'm about ready to put my notice in and who walks down the hall in the in the office building was this Gary Moose. I said, Gary, what are you doing here? He says, Oh, I'm the new national sales manager for Fetters. I said, Really? You know, you know, I was here. You should have asked me about it, but he didn't. <laughs> uh, we met a little bit later uh, in the day, and I said, Gary, I'm leaving. Uh, here's what's happened, and I explained it to him. And he well, says, hey, 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 Pat, what was what was the failure rate on those aftermarket radiators? Uh, I, I don't know. They they kept me in the dark. I didn't know too much. Come was on, it was it was it was, <laughs> it was it was it was it sell 100, 110, come back? Not no, not exactly that, but probably, <laughs> probably not far off. Uh, so, so, so Gary, Gary says, uh, hey, Pat, uh, do me a favor give me about a month to see what's going on here. I says, okay, because I, I, I actually don't have a job. I'm just going to leave. I said, I could back in the gasoline pit. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not doing this. So I made a trip to say goodbye to my customers. So uh, you all know Duque. He was a real piece of work. And uh, every time I would see him, uh, I'd meet him in his office about three o'clock in the afternoon. We'd sit and cover business and jaw a little bit. And he was always so political and so forth. And it was always a good uh, conversation. And you had to stick up for what you believed in because he didn't like it if you're a yes man. So uh, then we would go to dinner and out uh, drinking. And then I would drive him home at one o'clock in the morning to his, his estate on the lake. So, uh, Anyway, on the last trip out, and I said, Bob, I said, I want to thank you for you know your friendship and, and the business, but this is my last visit with you. I said, I'm, I'm putting my notice in. I'm leaving in two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. He said, well, what are you going to do? I have nothing going yet, Bob. I'm going to find something. 
he saw, he thought for a minute and he says, Hey, well, would you work for me? I says, sure. Why not? So anyway, I came home, told my wife was very unhappy about that <laughs> moving out of Buffalo. <laughs> and, uh, I went to work for Bob. I worked for two years. I kept my fingers in at, uh, what became Fedco, uh, they, they changed a the, uh, brand name, trying to change their image. So I went from Fetters to Fedco and they had, uh, radiators and heaters and uh was was fetters making heaters also uh oh yeah when you yeah yeah they were making yeah oh yeah the heaters was a big part of the business as well okay uh but they weren't really much uh doing much in the aftermarket on the heaters right at that point just to go back you know i was at yeah i was at uh bob decay's facility one time when we had our national convention in Dearborn, the first one, I don't remember the year, right? but we took a, yeah, we I took a there. tour of Detroit yeah. radiator. Were you working for him then when we did the tours there or had you gone to Fedco? Uh, no, I, I was gone. I was, I think I was at that meeting. You know? <laughs> yeah. You probably were. Yeah. 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 So, uh, he was making complete, having, uh, he was making his own complete radiators at that point. Oh, it was, he was big in that. Yeah. yeah that, he had quite an operation. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I kind of knew what was going on at, at Fedco. I had some connection there. And uh, the guy I used to work for, uh, Bob Knobs, was the, uh, the uh, product uh, manager there for the radiators. And uh, I called him up one day and I says, uh, How's it going? And he says, Good. And he says, uh, uh, what would it what would it take to get you to come back? Because Gary wants you to come back. I said, well, it won't take too much. I said, the wife's not happy. Uh, wants to go back to Buffalo. All the family's there, the kids and grandkids. And he says, all right, well, let's see what I can do. So actually, I went to Detroit in a U-Haul. I came back Mayflower. <laughs> Fetters, Fetters at the time had a great moving package. So, uh, you know, Bob had helped me buy a house there. Uh, uh, Fetters covered the commission on the sale of the house. They gave me like a $5,000 cash uh, fund for moving, uh, paid for Mayflower, the whole deal. And uh, we came back here and bought a house and uh, started working for, for Gary. And what Gary said, uh, we're getting out of the radiator business. Uh, this was after they bought it, you know, from Fetters. Uh, we're going to specialize in heaters and uh, I want you to head up the heaters part of the business. I said, that's good. I can do that. This was in uh, 1988 in the, in the fall. So uh, we're back and we started going. And uh, after they completed the sale, I think the sales for uh, Fedco uh, were somewhere around maybe $800,000 the first year that Gary and Brodeen owned it. Uh, we promoted the heaters. I got into the aluminum heater business by becoming a distributor for uh, AC Delco and GM with aluminum heaters. Uh, uh, Gary and Tim uh, bought uh, uh, some manufacturing equipment from Ford that was, was piled away in a corner someplace. They're automated copper brass heater machines. Uh, had some great people at Fedco and the maintenance department. Uh, they actually got all that equipment up and running. We started automated uh, production. 
they had that uh, uh, process of shining up the heater so they looked nice and bright. You know, I was just getting ready to ask you that because Fedco changed their image and it was the color and the shininess of the, the tanks, right? When, I mean, that product between Fetters and Fedco, I mean, did a 180. And when you popped open a box and took that heater out, uh, as a radiator guy, I was like, wow, look at that. Yeah. 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 That was, was a little impressive. thing that, they, yeah. It was a little thing that Brodine uh, came up with. And it was like a little, like a little car wash thing. Uh, heaters went through this thing and then was hit with some bead and water and that came out as nice, nice, bright and shiny. So, uh, all this started happening uh, at the same time that U.S. Auto Radiator moved to uh, Mexico and they didn't take their skilled tradesmen with them. So, uh, they were not able to supply uh, all the heaters with the special pipe bends and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they basically handed Gary and Tim the business. Uh, I went out and uh, started getting new business. Uh, I think you all know that uh, I had gotten advanced auto parts when they were just starting out. Uh, it became a huge, huge account. Uh, I, uh, I, got, I got Modine, which is a huge account. Uh, Napa. Uh, that was a good story. Uh, when I first got there, uh, and they were still selling radiators, they're selling the Napa. Uh, look, we really screwed up, and uh, we sent them some bad product, and we couldn't fill the orders. I'm not allowed to go there. He said, uh, "I want you to try and build a relationship there." So, and we actually, we actually were uh, selling through Ball Camp, which is part of Napa. So I said, "Okay." It took me like. Uh, uh, two, two and a half years uh, calling on them in Indianapolis. And uh, I finally got the chance to introduce what they call the price line. Uh, you know, they, uh, Everco had all the, all the business, but uh, I got a uh, agreement to supply them like 30,000 heaters uh, that first year as a trial basis. And uh, about a year and a half later, I had it all. So to move quickly forward to what happened, from the limited sales in 1990 when they bought the company to when they sold it in 95, sales of 25 million in heaters, period. Only heaters. Wow, that is all. Now, you had all the big boys. I mean, you didn't, you didn't like today with the distribution chain of, you know, small players being able to go and, and buy product direct. You didn't have any of that. I mean, you had big distributors, oh, oh. and if the smaller distributors wanted product, they had to go to the to the really large well, distributors or not. That that was another unique uh, approach that I took to the marketplace. Yeah, yeah, I'm out trying to get the big box guys, but uh, I still wanted distributors. Right. So, so what do you do? I know what I'll do. I'm going to private label for Frank Fingers, uh, Rick Morris, uh, Advance. All those customers, we offered them a private label. So we never sold a heater that had Fedco on the label to those guys. Uh, it was all private label, even Modine and, and uh, the, all the rest of them. We private labeled everything. 
So we didn't sell a political heater. So when I would display at the conventions uh, with the product, you know, guys, radio shop guys would come up to me, well, well how, can, I, can I buy a heater from you? I said, yeah, here's a list of my distributors. You guys, you call them, they'll take good care of you, but we don't sell direct. Uh, I think I had like 13 distributors that were private labeling for. Uh, and then the other part of what made that so successful is uh, guys like Frank Finger, who's a close personal friend of mine and has been for 30 years now. Uh, in fact, he just called me this week uh, to catch up. Uh, we, I came up with a very, I think was a pretty unique program. Uh, heaters, you know, we sell those in the wintertime, correct? What we do in the summertime? We're selling radiators, we're selling air conditioning. But we weren't in that business, we're in heater business. And in the heater business, you had to produce heaters all winter long to ship to the customers so they have them, uh, you know, when they need them. So we would take orders in the early part of the year for the coming winter. And they would uh, take the orders. We would delay billing to like September, October, November. And like fingers would buy like maybe 50,000 heaters. We would make them, ship them to them. And uh, that's how we managed to always have the product available when they needed it. So how do you take care of those guys? Well, you don't go sit in their office on a hot July afternoon, dock heaters, because they're busy. So I said to Gary and Tim, uh, here's what I propose we do. Instead of going to see them, let's bring them here to see us. What do you mean? I don't we give them the airfare, hotel, we pick them up, we chauffeur them around, we wine and dine them, we play golf, we go fishing. So I would say every one of them participated once or more. Most, most of them did it annually. Uh, Duquet was one of those big uh, distributors as well. So Duquet and uh, Frank, Rick Morris, uh, all those folks, they came uh, to Buffalo as our guest for two, three days, depend whatever they wanted. And uh, uh, we picked them up and did the whole thing. And uh, I used to give out uh, trophies for the golf and trophies for fishing. Uh, we used to give them uh, prize money. <laughs> and we, as you all know, everybody's pretty well dressed back in the day with Fedco. Jackets, shirts, hats, golf balls, uh, shoe bags, you name it, I had it. And I used to spend like $40,000 a year on that stuff for our customers to, to give away. So, and that program really, really worked. Uh, uh, then moving forward, uh, uh, I think I made Gary and Brodine uh, uh, kind of a rich guy and uh, uh, they sold a company to Stant and Gary moved on to work for Stant. Uh, Tim Brodine stayed on as a general manager for about three years. And during that period, I was okay. Uh, Stant wanted me to report to sales guy in Indianapolis and uh, Brodine said, no, Pat works for me. We, we, we take care of our own laundry here. And that's kind of what uh, 
transpired. So you actually went to work for Stan, but you still you reported to the guy that you were reporting to before. Yeah, yeah Stan owned yeah. it, but they still kept the Fedco name and everything. And uh, it was a division. Uh, so three years later, Rodin decided he, he lived out his agreement. That, uh, Moose went to a uh, corporate, didn't last. Uh, so uh, they got rid of him, but he, Gary sued him and won the three-year contract plus all the lawyer fees and all that stuff. So they, he took them to the cleaners as well. So uh, <laughs> it's quite it's quite interesting. So Bourdain leaves, and uh, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, uh, Ray Rodriguez. He was a general manager, uh, good friend of Brodine's, worked with him at Fetter somewhere along the line. Ray came as a general manager. He was a good man. Uh, we were a good team. He protected me as well. Uh, unfortunately, he, had, he was a colon cancer survivor, but he came back. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, he passed away. Now, uh, Stan's looking at, oh, I want to sell this baby, get rid of it. Uh, don't fit our uh, program anymore. So they brought in a walk-in off the street Indian engineer somehow. He becomes the general manager and he's tasked with save, cost savings. All through this, you might know, not, not know, uh, my son, Tim, number three son, I brought him into Fedco back in 89. And Tim is the one that... Uh, designed and put us in the aluminum heater business in Buffalo. Uh, he oversee that whole thing. And uh, Tim was still there. This guy's trying to cut quality and, and recycle, uh, reject heaters two, three times. And uh, everybody there was really upset with how this guy was going about it. Pat, to interrupt you, uh, back to, to the aluminum uh, that, your, that your son helped uh, Fedco with or well, when they got into Loom, was it Fedco or had Stan bought them then? No, that was Fedco. It was Fedco. Uh, okay. The, the early days. Yeah. Early days. So. Yeah. We're, we're talking uh, like 90, 90, 91. Right. Uh, we were already a big distributor of aluminum heaters by buying them from AC Delco. Right. But now they were plastic and aluminum and the product that Fedco made was all aluminum. Yes. Correct? Yep. We designed, we designed our own. Right. And then after the first, I don't know how, how long it was because, you know, I'm going back into some deep memory yeah, here, yeah. okay, from, <laughs> but you all developed the uh, host connections that kind of swiveled so that yeah. they didn't crack out of the tank, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. I mean, that was revolutionary. Yeah, I, there. I have a smart kid, how can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did your son do that? Did Tim do that? He come up with that or did you? No, he designed everything. I'm a sales. He I'm a everything. sales guy. He's an engineer. So, <laughs> okay, all right. See, I never knew that about your son. I didn't know that he worked for Facebook oh, and, he, and ran the aluminum. And he he yeah. was involved in uh, the whole operation as far as putting the furnace in and all that stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, he designed everything. We did the tooling, and he actually took the parts to make 500 heaters to a Modine aluminum facility, Modine cooperated with us. And we were able to run 500 heaters through their system uh, as a test run and so forth. So when our furnace was actually installed and 
you know, Sequel Warwick was the first manufacturer. Uh, when we got them all ready to go, we started making production the first day. Never made any scrap. It was all you know, proven ahead of time. And uh, the aluminum is what made the big, big biggest difference. Because that's at that point in time, I, I foresaw that like 60% of the replacement uh, heater business was going to be aluminum. So, yeah, that's kind of what happened there. Yeah, well, I mean, all, you know, GM soon after, I guess, or about the time they went to the aluminum radiator in the, in the early to mid 80s, I mean, all the heaters started becoming plastic and aluminum also. Yep. And, uh, you know, the radiator guys didn't like the plastic. And so, you know, when you all came out with the all aluminum and then if the necks weren't exact, then you put that heater in, you would end up with a vi little bit of a vibration or a little bit of a kink in it it would crack the neck in yeah. it and then i guess your son then developed that swivel neck or whatever that special like little adapter yeah. crimp yeah. with the o-ring yeah. and and the clips to hold them in and then oh yeah that was a that was a game changer because i was still installing heaters then so yeah. there was a there was a little company here in buffalo that uh made the tanks uh, things for us that was no ring thing and we had, we put the equipment in to to manufacture the cups and and all that stuff uh so uh we were 100 percent uh self-efficient as far as all that goes self -sufficient, yeah. yeah uh to bring us back to where we were before uh ray dies and uh i'm uh not looked upon as being worth keeping anymore because they already had all the business. Uh, so I was going to be on vacation and uh, <laughs> I, I very, very much took care of my customers. I don't know if they needed something. I, and I told them I would do it. I'd, I'd do it. So we're supposed to leave on vacation. I go into the office. It's probably a Monday morning, I guess, uh, to take care of this thing. And while I'm there, the HR guy comes to my office and says, hey, he says, so-and-so uh, wants to see you in the manager's office. I says, All right. So I go down there and I got blindsided. He's in there, the HR guy's there. Three guys from uh, Stamp in Indianapolis are on the phone. And it says, uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but your, your position's been eliminated. So, And uh, the HR guy's going to walk you out of the building. I says, I don't think so. I said, uh, I'll leave, but I'm going to pack up stuff in my office. No, no we'll get it. No, I'm not leaving. So, all right, I go back to my office. I call my son downstairs and in here. Tim, come on up. Tim's up. I tell him what's going on. We packed everything up. And uh, they uh, had the guy watch me the whole time. And... Uh, I says, uh, what are you worried about? I, 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 you afraid I'm going to take your computer or what? I says, do you think there's anything in that computer that's not in my head? I says, what are you, what are you trying to protect? I says, this could have been done a lot nicer. Could have been done smooth, but you chose it this way, so fine. Uh, anyway, I left. Called my attorney. So I'm going to send him a letter about age discrimination because I was like 60. So uh, sent him a letter. Uh, the only thing, it, he said, you couldn't win this, but I'll send a letter. Uh, it got me like another six weeks of severance on top of what they had offered me. 
So, so I took that. Uh, then it gets interesting because uh, uh, Four Seasons was a customer as well. And I told him about Pat Diamond, if you knew him from Four Seasons, the sales guy. We knew each other very well. We, and we were good friends. Uh, I get a call from Pat and he says, what's going on? I said, well, I told him what happened. He said, wow. He said, would you, would you talk to uh, the president of uh, Four Seasons? I said, sure, why? He said, well, we want to bring you down and talk to you. He said, we'll send you a plane ticket. I said, all right. So they fly me down to Dallas and uh, we have a little meeting at the the president, the national sales manager, and Pat, and, and uh, he says, well, uh, we'd like to improve our heater business. Do you think it can get us some more business? I says, yeah. Uh, hmm. We could, uh, uh, I give you like maybe two, two and a half million dollars worth of heater business, guaranteed. He looks at the sales guy, he says, you work out an agreement with Pat because he's gonna sell heaters for us. So I became an independent rep for, for that. So uh, my deal was uh, I got three months uh, with a, with a uh, fee equal to what I was making for three months. Plus it covered all of my uh, uh, transportation costs and so forth to go out and call on all the customers. And then I got a letter from Stant saying they have a non-compete. Non uh, non-compete. And yeah. uh, they're going to enforce it. I tell Four Seasons about it. This is, well, we don't think that it can, they can or will do that. But if they do, we'll guarantee you a, a legal fund of $25,000 if you need it. I said, okay. So uh, we just proceeded on and I got, uh, I got the business for Four Seasons. And that lasted uh, two years. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, you probably know this, but eventually uh, Modine. Uh, they bought, bought the heater company. So did they, they Modine bought it from Stan then? Uh, uh, they were in bed with uh, Daniels, you know, uh, radiator. So uh, anyway, yeah. and then I'll move to, they said, the, oh, don't worry. The people I knew at Fedco are still there. Don't worry, we're going to just keep running, you know. Well, two months later, they laid everybody off and started tearing it down the center of Mexico. So uh, that's kind of what, what happened there. So, uh, so um, I'm at Apex uh, that year and uh, I get wind of what's going down with Modine. They were a good customer. I, oh, the, well, that business is going to be gone. Now what do I do? And uh, so, because my agreement was with them as a sales rep. Uh, right. And, and the deal was once I had that three month deal done, I had a 5% commission. It was fine. I made a living, uh, nothing great, but made a living. So uh, I, I just uh, figured, well, got to do something. Uh, let me just throw this in real quick. Larry uh, Johnson, Leaperville, him and I have been friends for 30 years. Uh, it was me and Larry, Dave Dahl, uh, George Farner. George Farner. We, we, yeah. we all hung out together. We were, you know, really, really tight all those, all those years. And Larry always was trying to help me find something, you know, worthwhile, but offered to do a lot of different things. But uh, at, at that point, we really didn't have anything for me. I spoke to somebody else and uh, 
He said, uh, you know Marty Newell at the active. That's why I know who he is. Yeah. He says, well, you ought to talk to him. <laughs> okay. So I uh, I called Samardi up, and you got to remember that all the years I spent with uh, Fedco and with Narsa, uh, I did have kind of a, a good reputation in the industry. So he knew who I was. He says, "Oh well, yeah, I'd like to talk to you." So come on down. So I went to Philly. We spent the whole day together. And uh, he showed me all around the place and went to dinner and all that stuff. And, and uh, he said, well, I don't really have you know, a sales thing available right now, but uh, I kind of like what I see. And give me a couple weeks to see if I can come up with something for you. I said, sure, thanks. Okay. So uh, he did get back to me. He says, uh, yeah, I'd like, like you to do uh, like, like a, be a consultant with me. I said, okay. He says, I want you to move to Philly. Uh-oh, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Been through this one time before. I read, work out real well. I already took her to Detroit. She ain't going to Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I love you, but I ain't gonna. I love my wife more. So that's what's gonna happen, right? So I says. Listen, I've been work. I've been working uh, my own business from my own home. I have computers and printers, and uh, I have everything I need to work from here. Is all right. Okay, so I worked for uh, for him, and uh, I was kind of a right hand man to uh, to Marty. Uh, I ended up doing a lot of input uh, stuff for his computer. Uh, I could do that at home. Uh, you know, you have limited licenses for people that can get on your software, and uh, mm -hmm. so it was pretty crowded. And uh, I convinced him that look, uh, at night. Uh, nobody's on. I can do that stuff for you. And I, and I did. He just tell me what he wanted me to do, and I'd do it. And then I also did sales, too. And I, I brought some business to him as far as that goes. Great, great uh, guy to work for, and we had a great relationship. We were great friends. In fact, he called me uh, Sunday to catch up. I uh, hadn't talked to him for a while. So anyway, uh, I, I used to go to... Uh, Philly about once a month for two, three, four days. And then I also ended up, he wanted me, he had a lot of problems with uh, people collecting money and credit and so forth. And he couldn't keep people in the office to, to do that job. So uh, I trained uh, somebody to do that job. And they'd last two, three months. And he said, oh, she left. Can you come down and train somebody else? Yeah, okay. So I go down there and do that. So I was pretty good at that as, as well. So uh, I come back from one of those trips and I could drive back and forth. You know, it's like a, a six hour, six and a half hours from Buffalo to Philly. Uh, so, so, so I drive back in. I drive back into town and uh, I'm actually going uh, through the car wash at like five o'clock on a, a Friday afternoon and my phone rings and it's, it's Larry. Yeah, what's happening? She says, uh, hey, I finally got something for you. What do you got? He says, uh, you know, SA Day. Of course I do. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to buy SA Day and we'd like you to run it. But uh, you can't say anything to anybody. So this is in uh, early October of 2007. So he says, uh, are you interested? Hell yeah, I'm interested. I said, uh, you, do you want to think about it? Nope. He says, uh, do you want to know? I'm in. 
yeah, he says, uh, you want to know how much you're going to pay it? I said, nope, whatever you do, it's going to be fair. I'm not, no problem. When can you start? I can start whenever you want. And uh, how long would you work for us? Uh, uh, I'm the 63, uh, five years, maybe. So, okay. <laughs> so, you know where and, we're at. And, and Pat, SA Day, SA Day, for those who don't know, was in Buffalo. Yes, correct? yes. They were a flux manufacturer. Yeah, right? huge, huge manufacturer of a uh, flux to manufacture radiators with uh, business in thirty countries. And uh, so this, so this was per this was perfect for you because it's right in your hometown. It's now been seventeen years since I've been working for Johnson. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did go. So to you had to, yeah. So you gave Marty, you gave Marty uh, notice at Active and said, yeah. Of course, I call Marty up and I said, look, here's an opportunity that's come back. He says, you take that or I'm going to fire your ass. ass okay. <laughs> but that's the way Marty was, very, very supportive. In fact, he wasn't even really an SA Day customer for that. And of course, today he's a big customer. So uh, I have customers all over the world. So uh, I did go to uh, uh, part-time like three years ago. Uh, you know, reduce the salary and so forth. Uh, but they cover all my insurance, uh, half it rather. And uh, it's been a great, great relationship. Uh, I work from home. Uh, I have been to Iowa all of three times since I've been working for them in, in 17 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I spent a week. I spent a week there when I started for them. Then we had those. We had a meeting somewhere in the area, uh, in Iowa, uh, was there for that. And then I was back uh, another time. So uh, they're very supportive. We have a Monday morning meeting uh, on Zoom uh, now. It used to be just on the phone, but now it's on Zoom. And uh, it lasts like 10, 15 minutes. And everybody goes around and says, what's happening this week? And, uh, and that's the extent of how much of uh, management they, they have with me. So Pat, so Pat, you, what you're basically saying is that this whole pandemic remote work thing is not revolutionary to you. Not to me. No. <laughs> no, no, a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, uh, SA Day when they were for sale was actually quite a downward spiral. I mean, the sales. Paul Kahn was real sick, and they didn't have any sales guy that to speak of, and. Uh, when Johnson bought it, we had a, a, a lot to do to get the business. Uh, so we, again, my reputation in the industry and with NARSA, all the things that they were NARSA, people knew me. And I was able to secure like six or seven new customers on foreign soil without leaving the country. Uh, in fact, uh, a big Russian uh, company that I have which can't sell to them right now, <laughs> but uh, uh, they were interested and uh, they uh, wanted to see the product in use. Uh, so I called Marty up. I said, I got some Russians want to see uh, my flux being used. Can I bring them to your place? Sure. So they met me in Philly, uh, like, like five of them. And uh, we get to active and see Marty and introduce them. And, and uh, I says, Marty, you got somebody to take around the plants? No, you take them. You know everything. So I took them around and we went to uh, uh, lunch afterwards with shook hands and 
they gave me some cigars and the, about uh, three or four days later, they says, yeah, okay, we're going to buy from you. So that's a big one. I had another Russian customer uh, was coming to Buffalo area to visit Voss to get some uh, pricing on some equipment. Yeah. And they were interested in uh, SA Day Flex. Well, I'd like to talk to you about it. I said, okay. Uh, I talked to uh, my friends at Voss. I said, I got some people coming to see you. Uh, I'd like to meet with them a little bit because it's your place. Yeah. Use our conference room. Okay. So uh, we made an appointment and uh, I showed up the conference room, you know, explained everything to them. Two, three days later, got that business. And then I got uh, three customers in Turkey. I uh, did that all over the internet, uh, just you know, emails back and forth. So, so I, I built the business pretty, pretty good. So, let's pivot. What was your first NARSA meeting? Okay, first NARSA meeting. Working for Fetters, went out to uh, California. I forget exactly where the meeting was. And again, this guy I work for says, "You got to go out to this NARSA meeting." And and uh, you got to get to know Frank Finger. He's a big one. And Rick Morris, he's another. You got to get to know these guys. I said, all right. So I go out there and I'm uh, very disappointed because uh, uh, you go out there and you're just a small peg. And uh, uh, all these big companies, Blackstone, Modine, US Rated, all those people are the big guys. And uh, so you don't get Daniels, GNO. Daniels. Yeah, GNO. Yeah. You didn't get too far. And uh, okay, so now they have uh, hospitality stuff. They all have hospitality suites. So what do I do? Oh, you try to get in their suite and they try to meet these guys. Uh, yeah, come on. Fetters gave zero to NARSA. I mean, they might have been a member, but they never donated anything to anybody for, for NARSA. So that was my first exposure, and that kind of got the wheels spinning in my head to what was going to happen. So uh, a couple of years later, when uh, uh, Moose now uh, owns Fedco, we have a sit down, him and I, and he says, you know, we Fetters took a lot from ours, so never gave anything back. So I want you to, you know, see what you can do. I says, well, well what I had to work with. He says, whatever you decide you want to do, you got it. Just do it. All right. So uh, I started getting active in the uh, uh, meetings and so forth. And you remember that liaison committee? I got on that. I got on that. Right. And they didn't really do much. And they just, you know, made a few suggestions and so forth. And nothing really came of anything. So uh, then I got, I was the chair of that committee then. And then uh, 1990, let's see, uh, 91 was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like, you had kind of like the manufacturers and then they had a credit thing uh, going on too. Uh, I'm not, you probably remember that, Pat, right? What, some kind of manufacturer's credit. Yeah. Did they share credit information about cost? They shared, they shared a little bit, not too much. Uh, I really didn't know too much about that part of it. Uh, uh, okay. But I was still disappointed about how uh, the little manufacturers were treated at the conventions as far as being able to entertain customers. And that's when I, uh, I, I decided that uh, I think we should try to get together. We had 11 manufacturers in Buffalo at the time. And uh, I called a meeting 
of all these guys. I said, I'm buying lunch. Please come. I want to talk about Narsa and the hospitality. We all met in a nice restaurant. We sat around Essay uh, uh, Day and Bauer and just everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill Ceramic uh, was Essay uh, Day. And Bill was, Bill was a really good uh, uh, asset to me for that. He worked a lot on the stuff with me. So uh, we come up with the idea of having a Buffalo night in Reno, Nevada. And I think it was 91. And uh, that way uh, we all chipped in some money. We had a very limited budget and uh, we had at least had an opportunity to, to uh, entertain customers. We planned it for like 500 people and uh, it was gonna be kind of a unique thing. We had uh, Buffalo night was uh, Buffalo chicken wings, uh, roast beef on Kimowick, uh, Buffalo Sabres players, Buffalo Bills players retired. Uh, that's when the Bills, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo cheerleaders. cheerleaders. That's when the Bills were went to the Super Bowl four years in a row, if you remember. And uh, yeah, 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 with Jim Kelly, so, right? And, and, yeah, and, he was the quarterback. And and, and Scott, yeah, Norwood, wide right. Scott <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, was Scott Norwood, wide right. Uh, so uh, okay, so we, we set that all up. Uh, Ceramic uh, talked to the hotel out there, looking uh, at the golden nugget. Uh, gave them the recipe how to make these special Kimowak rolls uh, for the roast beef. Uh, they're only good for like a day, so you can't ship them. Uh, we did all that. Uh, figured out all the booze, all that stuff. Uh, so we're, we're set to open and uh, we open and we're right next door to a huge ballroom that Modine has a live band on the stage and uh, doors open and they just flowed into the Buffalo night. We were in business for about 25 minutes. And the guy from the hotel comes and says, hey, Pat, he says, uh, you're going to be out of food in about 15 minutes. What do you want to do? Oh. I said, okay, hang on. So I got some of my key guys together uh, uh, from the Buffalo companies. And I said, this is what we got to do. We'll just have to you know, you know, pitch in later. I said, okay, yeah, keep going. So we did. Well, the room was choked full. Uh, it was a great success. Meanwhile, next door at Modine, it was empty. There's nobody there. So, yeah, even, even with the lobby. Now you have to, you have to remember that when I did this, we had we had asked the other manufacturers if they wanted to participate. They said no. Yeah, I said, no, do, yeah. Yeah, you, you guys ain't gonna do nothing. So I said okay. So Bobby and I have heard that before, haven't we, Bobby? <laughs> Why don't you join us? Oh no, you guys, you you go ahead. We're fine. We're good. <laughs> so at the end of the night, it was a great thing. Uh, this, of course, is a, a precursor to member uh, appreciation reception. Yeah, yeah, that's how it all started. The following year, I'm getting ready to put this thing together. Of course, every Buffalo's on board because they're really happy, and I start I talk to like Modine, and uh, they reluctantly agreed to participate yeah as well as some of the other ones too so uh they still had a hospitality suite but they didn't do the big blowout room anymore so uh and as you know that grew through the years that uh, i did all kinds of 
know, food, beverage, entertainment, live entertainment. I used to hire all the entertainment. Uh, there's some big names out there today that actually performed at a Narsa thing uh, <laughs> before they became famous. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed all that. So uh, now, Pat, you joined yep. you joined the board as a liaison or as a as a, a position. That was right. They had a position. It was a non-voting uh, manufacturer's representative that sat on the board. You could talk, you could offer opinions, uh, but you didn't have a vote. You didn't have a vote. You didn't really have any power at all. So right, uh, right. So. And how, how long how long did you how long did you do that or how many years were you a liaison? Three or four years doing that, and then uh, uh, I worked to uh, I became very very good friends with all those old board members and so forth, and uh, uh, we we eventually were able to change the bylaws to allow a manufacturer's representative to hold a position on the board and uh, that followed by allowing them to be uh, uh, officer. Uh, uh, I followed that route. Uh, I became the vice president and then I became the president and all that. And uh, it, it all worked out pretty well. Uh, hey, Pat, can I ask, can I ask you, you were also responsible for bringing who I feel was one of the most uh, uh, transformative presidents in our history, you were responsible for bringing Aaron Morrow on the board. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a real story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm to this day, I mean, for those that don't know, Aaron was just uh, amazingly uh, pivotal into, you know, yeah, stewarding the organization through some very, very difficult times. And I, I always say that he was the, the, the right man at the right time for, for that job. And he kind of came out of nowhere. You brought him on board. Nobody knew him. You know, uh, I, I, I would love to know how, how that came about. I had that all planned out. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that, was that after I was uh, hoodwinked into uh, serving as president? <laughs> yeah. We were well, in a see... dilemma, weren't we, Pat? And I was like, hey, who's going to follow me? I only signed up for two years. <laughs> yeah. See, Johnson, Johnson was very happy with what I did with NARSA and being president and all that. And uh, Aaron's story, he came from the manufacturing side of Johnson. He was a, a manager in the plant. And uh, as you all know, he's very well educated, he's a chemical engineer. And uh, when I met him, uh, he was uh, brought into the sales and area and we met at uh at an arsa thing first because he's now on the buffalo and uh, so we started working a couple of narsa things and uh, of course i brought him into meeting a lot of different narsa people and so on and so forth but my plan was to get him involved to groom him to take over eventually as president as well and uh, it all worked out very very nicely uh he uh, is the general manager now and has been for quite a few years. Uh, he runs the, the operation. Uh, Al is like 84 years old. Larry's like 82. I'm 81. Uh, so he's the future of the company. 
and he's done a great job. We're, we're doing quite well, especially through all the pandemic and all the issues we've had with uh, uh, oh, the port congestion and all that, you know, shipping our product overseas. It's been often a nightmare sometimes. So, uh, yeah, uh, he took to it and uh, I know he enjoyed it. And, he uh, was really good for Narsa. That that's no doubt. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was a great recommendation. I remember you and I having a conversation, and you said uh, uh, you mentioned Aaron Aaron's name, and I'm like, who? Oh yeah, he's been coming to Apex, and I'm like, never met the guy. I don't know who he is, Pat. So yeah. uh, we met the first time at the uh, in the uh, in the restaurant of the Embassy Suites in Buffalo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and so that was it that, uh, that got us, that got us started. And, uh, you know, luckily, I mean, we had, we had David that ended up, uh, following me, David Ben right. who followed yeah. me, which gave Aaron another couple of years to get up to get up to speed. But like Bobby has said, not, not to be a dead horse, but Aaron, yeah. Aaron came along at the, at the perfect time. And, uh, it's really, uh, yeah, that that has benefited Narsa. Yeah, I think I think that you know a couple of things through your career, especially on the Narsa side. I mean, the fact that um, you lobbied to have manufacturers included on the board, I think was huge. I I think if that wouldn't have happened, I don't know where Narsa would be today because the manufacturers were playing a big part in Narsa. I mean, after all. Uh, you know, they sponsor the, the events. I mean, they, they have the, the big money and, and sponsorship opportunities and advertising opportunities that, that help to finance NARSA. And so by, by them not having a, a, a say on the board, I, I think was really limiting our organization. So, you know, once you were able to lobby and that turned around to where manufacturers could join the board. And then of course, you know, be officer of the organization. I thought, I think that helped to really diversify uh, NARSA for the future. Um, and then of course, you know, with your Buffalo night and now that's, that's become, you know, was a, was a car customer appreciation reception. And now that's, that's uh, gone to a member appreciation reception, which is free to all members and on Tuesday yep. night at, at Vegas. So, yeah. you know, you've got a, you've got a couple of things that have really, uh, I guess, uh, hallmarks of your, your legacy in, in NARSA, Pat. So, you know, thank you very much. I know you've worked very hard over the years for NARSA, and, and I don't think that, I think everybody would agree with me, NARSA wouldn't be where we are uh, today if it wasn't uh, for, for you, your guidance, your leadership, and, and hard work. So thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. It was a lot of fun, the whole trip. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe not know this either, but uh, I really had to talk David Benvenu into the job as well. <laughs> I did. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what you'll be best known for, <laughs> president mate, the president maker. <laughs> hey, 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 Pat, we are we already gave you credit for Aaron Morrow. Don't go take credit <laughs> for David Benvenu too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think Aaron. I think Aaron's going to be an asset for a long time. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so Pat, I, it looks like Rochester, New York, 
you will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, the cooling system yeah. Hall of Fame. You know, uh, it couldn't, it, it, I couldn't think of anybody more deserving of, uh, of that award. We've had some great people uh, join the Hall of Fame over the last uh, couple of years and, um, and you're going to be next. So I just wanted to congratulate you and, and uh, on, on that honor. And, um, and it's our way of saying, you know, thank you for many, many years. I, I you know, it goes back sometime, I guess, in the eighties when you started, you know, your involvement yeah. with NARSA, you know, so, um, would you like to reflect on that a little bit, what that means to you? Well, it means a lot. I mean, uh, uh, this was one thing after the other came along and, uh, the friendships that were built was still enjoyed today the contacts and uh, friends uh, I will uh, still go to visit Frank Finger and play golf with him and uh, it was interesting he called me uh, last week and he didn't know about my situation with, uh, with Beverly but uh, he called to uh, put himself in to play golf with you and me in the in Las Vegas, and that's when you told him that, uh, well, unfortunately, Pat can't come out. And uh, he was willing to fly all the way out there with, with his golf clubs just to spend a day with us. So that's the kind of friendships that I have with some of these people, and it's just uh, it's been amazing. Uh, Rick Morris, just, even though he's out of business and working for somebody else, uh, if he comes through the area, I, I had him at my house, uh, cooked him a couple of uh, burgers uh, uh on the deck there about uh, maybe about three years ago this he's in town called he says can we go get lunch said, no come on over i'll make you lunch and <laughs> that, that, that kind of stuff and uh see those are the people that uh, the guys at fetter had, had no idea what they were doing uh they'd have gone about the right way it would have been much much better so uh, i have a good career i i still enjoy working i would not be happy not doing anything so what i'm doing is great uh, i have good solid uh customers that continue to buy the sad fluxes of manufactured or copper brass radiators you might think copper brass is on the way out but not not in the world uh go around the world there's still a ton of copper brass business that uh, is, is still there and sada still has a good reputation for the quality products and so forth uh yeah so uh, Johnson is a, a great company and they're doing well uh, between uh, Larry, myself and, uh, and then Aaron. Uh, we've been supportive in a lot of ways, and even financially as far as sponsoring and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's been great. Pat, I, I have one more question. Um, for What advice would you have for someone coming up in the industry? Um, you've been through multiple major shifts in in the industry uh what advice would you have for that person uh that young person going forward to to kind of lead a successful and long career as you have and survive all those changes yeah know your product know its advantages know why your product is good or better than your competition um make sure you you know, study the market, uh, never burn a bridge, uh, make sure that you make them friends and not customers, uh, go out of the way to, uh, 
do things to uh, assist in things, some things like NARSA and any other uh, things that are good. That's just because it's good for you to make money as a, a salary of, of a manufacturer, but it's life. It's uh, friendships and, and are the basis of everything and honesty. And uh, uh, it's funny, uh, Gary Moose and I had a, a agreement that when we were out trying to build our business and get all these meetings with everybody, and uh, we both agreed, never lie to anybody, because then you can try to make up you know, reasons for uh, what you said. If you're both telling the truth all the time, no matter who asks you what, you know the right answer. You're going to give it to them. So that's kind of what uh, what we did, and it never backfired on us. So uh, that's kind of like a, a roadmap, as far as I can tell you. So, well, well, Pat, uh, I I think uh, I think wiser words and advice have never been said, and 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 I really appreciate your time with us today. And uh, and your your service to the industry and and to NARSA and and on behalf of myself, uh, I I really truly thank you and I look forward to uh, being in Rochester to induct you into the Hall of Fame. Well, I, I plan on being there, and it's uh, so much nicer than having to fly to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a it's a ninety minute ride to my house. Uh, I want to make one other comment to you, Bobby. Yes, I really enjoyed the interview with your dad because you know him and I do business and it, he is so, so much fun and, and funny when he needs a place in order, he don't call anybody but me. And he calls me on his cell phone and it could be Sunday afternoon. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lewis. And, uh, Hey Matt, how you doing? I'm going to need another drum. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> He's a great, he's hope, a great guy. I hope my mom doesn't hear this podcast that he's calling on that he's calling vendors on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I really enjoyed hearing his story because I didn't know about all that. You know, that he's in the service and then how he started out. And, uh, boy, he was really uh, had a good path lined out in his brain too. So. Uh, I like the way he does things. He just does it. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that, Pat. That means a lot. Thank you yeah, so much. Okay. Well, I've enjoyed this as well. And uh, again, looking forward to seeing you guys in the spring. And uh, I've been to lots of NARSA meetings over lots of years. So. I know you have. Thank, thanks, Pat, for joining us this morning. We want to thank Pat O'Connor from Johnson Manufacturing for joining us on Sodron Soot today. They're a great example of how we can help each other in this association. If you are not a member of NARSA IDEA, we'd love to have you join us. Learn about membership by visiting our website at www.narsa-idea.org. And stay connected with NARSA by following us on social media at NARSA Now on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also active on LinkedIn and YouTube. Just search for NARSA. And don't forget to subscribe to Solder and Soot wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.